أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد Session number 22 of Stages of Akhlaq in the Quran We were talking about zuhd in those um, initial stages of removing obstacles between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so as was mentioned before and explained before zuhd meant that it wasn't just not possessing things it was more than that it was the real ingredient was to not be mm, attached to things we talked about this before and uh, in Arabic the word ragba, which means to be inclined towards something uh, for one to not have inclination towards something although you know you might have it you might possess it, but it's not like you are super attached to it and so on. So we talked about this before. The reason why I'm repeating this is because um, we'll need it towards the end of today's session as well. Um, he opens up, Ayatollah Jawadi opens up a new little chapter here called uh, Having Zuhd Towards Zuhd. Okay. Zuhd towards Zuhd. So what does that mean? Well, he starts off by saying that, look, there are different types of people out there. Number one is the masses, the normal ones, um, the ones who might be uh, content with the bare minimum. They will, for them, Zuhd, which was defined as uh, not being attached to things, and we said before as well that Al-Jawadi, he says that the preliminary step to not being attached to certain things is to not even possess them to begin with, okay? <laughs> you can't, I'll just give an example here. You can't be like, yeah, I don't want to be addicted to drugs, but then you're on drugs. No. You educate yourself about drugs first. You learn of the bads, the, the pros and the cons of it. Well, it barely has any pros, if any. So you stay away from it. You do, let's call it ihtiyat, until you educate yourself enough to understand that it's not something worth getting close to. Now dunya is not something that we need to stay away from. Allah has created us in a way that we have to be close to it in some cases of course and we have to live and we have to live good lives and try our best to have uh, acceptable, maybe you can say above average lives. There's nothing wrong with that. But the initial step, the preliminary step for proper detachment was that okay you don't just go out and try to get your hands on everything first and then try to detach yourself from dunya. No. Stay away from it a little bit. Keep to the bare minimum of dunya. And then slowly as you mature regarding this dunya and your understanding of this dunya matures, then what you do is you can slowly immerse yourself to an extent into it, to the amount necessary and a little bit more. Anyway, the masses, the not the normal people out there, for them, this is zuhud that we're talking about. It's not wajib. We're, we're, we might have alluded to this as well before. It's not wajib. But it is something that a person can use to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says, for the masses, zuhud is a qurbah. It is a means of nearness and proximity to Allah. 
It's not necessary, but the more people have it, the more the people out there that are normal people, that are living their normal lives, inshallah, within the framework of Islam, they, uh, the more they have of it, the more they get closer to Allah. So for them, it's qurba. But then he says, the saliks out there, salik meaning those who are actually on that uh, path of spiritual wayfaring, they're doing suluk, or trying to do suluk, for them, it's not qurba, it is darurah. It is a necessity. You can't, you can't uh, call yourself a salik, but not have zuhd. Okay? So for them, they have to try their best. Why? Because for the salik, a salik means a person who is traveling, correct? Journeying. When you're journeying, that means there's a destination, right? Or else you can't just... Remember that movie 30 years ago, the guy just kept running, 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 but he never made it? Or I don't know, I never watched that movie, but I know he was always running. <laughs> what was it called? Forrest Gump, he says. <laughs> Alright, mashallah. So, <laughs> unless you're that guy, there's always going to be a destination, okay, that you're running towards, journeying towards, if you're a salik. Alright, so the salik, um, in a spiritual context, is the one who is moving towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you want to detach yourself from the fani, that which is not going to be everlasting, that is that, that which will perish, and get yourself to what? Get yourself to al-baqi, the one who is everlasting, the eternal one, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you're a salik, if you want to call yourself a salik, you have no choice. It is zaruri. It is a necessity to have this zuhd, he says. Right? It's like saying when you're young, you haven't chosen your career path yet. And so you're like, yeah, you can be, you can be, let's say, a doctor, or you can and not be a doctor. But once you are a doctor, you can't say, you know, I'm not interested in learning about this and that, about the body, about... No, no, no. You can't. Either you don't call yourself a doctor, right? Let's say, for example, eye doctor, foot doctor, whatever. I don't want to learn about feet, you know? That's just not how it works. If you're going to call yourself a foot doctor, you're, you got to know about feet, right? <laughs> but till then, it's fine if you want to choose another career path. If you're not a salik, that's good. You're fine. You're good. But if you want to be a salik... Salik comes from suluk. Well, what are you journeying from and what are you journeying towards? I'm journeying from al-fani ila al-baqi, to the baqi. So it's a necessity here or else you're just not a salik. Then he goes on. He says, okay, so we have qurba for some, darura and necessity for others. And then for the very special ones, he says it's khashya. It is a means of fear and concern. Zuhd is a means of fear and concern. It scares you. Why? What's going on here? He says their fear will be these special ones, the ones who are reaching the end of that journey. They're closer to the destination. That their fear is that I hope I don't stay in this stage of Zuhd and this Zuhd becomes my destination. So, in a sense, I would say that their fear is that I hope this doesn't become a hijab for me itself. Zuhd doesn't become a hijab for me. Right? So once again, we're reminded of you know, those sessions we, we had on these uh, veils of light and veils of darkness. Yes, Zuhd is a veil of light. 
If you're not, it can be a veil of light, it can be a veil of darkness even. For some people it might become a veil of darkness, God forbid. Where this person, to wear, I don't know, let's just say, torn up clothes, to be disheveled, to, uh, yeah, to not be clean and stuff like that, might become their but, their idol, you know. That's what, that's, that'll be a veil of darkness even. But it can also be a veil of light in the sense of, okay, this becomes my destination as if, and I forget that, okay, Allah is supposed to be behind all of this and the ultimate goal. In the same way, Salat can sometimes be a veil of light, etc., etc. So for them, he says it can turn into khashya, something that is fearful, that brings fear for them. To the point that, and I want to read off of here, he explains, you know, why, why they would be fearful. He says, if we look at it from another angle, when the individual um, practices zuhud, they will reach a point in order to escape qurba, darura, khashya, all of these things, they will have zuhud towards zuhud. <laughs> zuhud towards zuhud. Lack of inclination towards lack of inclination. Okay, so this is something that we have in uh, philosophy. Some uh, some concepts are la bishart, some are bishart la. Now, those who might be listening now or later, if they if they know what I'm talking about, he's trying to break out of la bishart, excuse me, bishart la, and go toward in, into the realm of la bishart, meaning indifference, as if let's call it. Okay, indifference. Sometimes. There is something that you are aware of and you just want to get to it or you don't want to get to it, you're refraining from it, you're avoiding it. That itself, it slowly becomes a thing in your mind. Sometimes you are looking beyond that thing. You're avoiding it practically. But not because you're actively avoiding it, it's just not on the radar anymore. You're indifferent towards it, you know. That's what he, it seems he's trying to say. That they will have zuhd towards zuhd, meaning that they don't even want this concept of zuhd to become a thing in their mind. A destination in their mind, you know. This is how, this is how uh, 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 meticulous uh, things will get, right? And how how sensitive and and, and de detailed things will get, right? It's like those bodybuilders, right? For us, for a person like me, I have to be care, you know, I have to be careful that I don't overdo it when it comes to, like, you know, fats and carbohydrates. For these bodybuilders, when they're about to go on the stage after months of preparing. Uh, of course, years and years and decades of preparing, but then when they really want to go on stage, and as they say, they're cutting, they call it. When he wants to go up, even the amount of water he puts in his body one or two days before going on stage, even the amount of water he puts in his body makes a difference on how toned his body will look up there. All right, to that extent. You're like, dude, like water? Water has zero calories. Yeah, but it'll show a little bit here or there. To that extent. That's the physical body. And I've said this before. This is the spirit right now, the soul, the ruh we're talking about here. Yeah, it gets this detailed. That they will reach a point that they have zuhd towards zuhd. That they have lack of inclination towards the concept of lack of inclination and attachment. See what's going on here? So he goes on. He says, in the beginning, in the middle of, of this journey, the Zahid will be inclined towards and will like the concept of Zuhd. 
You might even say they're attached to the concept of Zuhd within them. Why? Because it is a virtue. It is a Kamal. It is a perfection within them. So why not? Of course we like it. Of course we're inclined towards it. That's how we have been created and designed as, as, as creations of Allah. That's how He's designed us. We like perfection. We like virtue. But it says, towards the end of the journey, this person will find, this Zahid, this real Zahid, will find that this quality itself is a trap. Is a tra Not that Allah is laying traps for us, but rather Allah wants us to shed off all attachment, even the attachment to lack of attachment. And I hope I'm making sense here. <laughs> In theory, of course, I'm making sense, inshallah. Practice is something else. He says, why? Why is it a trap? Why, is it a, why can it be a problem for that person that's gotten really up there? Just like how water can be a problem, water consumption can be a problem for a bodybuilder before he goes on stage. And by the way, that's why some of them pass out. Some of these bodybuilders pass out on stage because of lack of nutrition in those last few days, lack of uh, hyd hydration in those last few days before they go on stage. Alright, so now, why is it, uh, why can it be a problem for this individual? Because if this person, he says, if this person is after the quality itself, this shows that he also wants the possessor of the quality. Okay, the possessor of the quality is the self. And remember, the self is, is supposed to, you're never supposed to look at the self. You know what it's like? It's just, it's just an example. It's a very rough example, but um, it's like saying, you know, I'm interested in the color green, right? And you can't just have the color green in, 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 in the air. It has to be on something, right? Even paint itself is not just color. What is it? Paint is color plus some matter, some substance that you can see it through. Or else color itself, uh, you know, it, it doesn't exist on its own. It has to be on something else. I'm, I'm speaking very loosely here and I'm trying to avoid philosophical terminology. Anyway, so this wasf, this quality of zuhd, if he's really after it, this person's really after it, it's not just going to be out there in, uh, in the air. It's going to be uh, actualized somewhere, invisible somewhere, tangible somewhere. Well, I'm not after the zuhd of others. Who, what am I? Which zuhd am I after? The zuhd that I have embodied, that I'm embodying, that I am where is where that zuhd is located, right? So whether I like it or not, even though I'm after the zuhd, what will come along with it? The self and the nafs, right? So he says that if you want the wasf, the quality of zuhd, then there's going to be a mosuf, the one that possesses that wasf the one that possesses that quality, that's going to come with it as well. So if you're looking at the quality, you're also indirectly looking at the bearer of that quality. And that's going to be a problem, he says. Yeah, that's going to be a problem because you are paying attention to yourself as well. And you're wanting yourself as well. But even though it's indirect. And number two, he says, I would say worse than that is that you're paying attention directly to that quality itself and you're seeing it as the means for your perfection. And he says both of these, whether you're looking at the mosuf, or you're looking at the wasf, the bearer of the quality or the quality itself, these two are other than Allah. And he says this is not in accordance with what the salik is after, what the wayfarer towards Allah is after.
these two don't these two are not in compatibility with each other because the ultimate goal within in suluk ilallah is liqaullah he says and so this can be a problem for those people who are at the end of, towards the end of that journey and so finally he says yeah that's why the zahid will have zuhd towards zuhd and if you remember i think we might have talked about this that in reality zuhd we talked about how there's different grades of it right and that highest grade of it was what zuhd from other than allah well zuhd itself is a concept other than allah so a real zahid will even be detached from that okay so that's the zuhd towards zuhd then he moves on to another discussion any questions on this one before i move on by the way yes Yes. So in, exactly, very good. So he's saying, how can zuhd be other than Allah when zuhd is what is getting us to Allah or is kind of absorbed in Allah? I would say yes. So this is the thing. Sometimes you have the mafhum and concept of something, and sometimes you're looking at something practically. Okay. For example, I'm telling you about I don't know. I'm telling you about a certain. Um, a certain, I don't know, mountain that's very famous, okay? When I tell you about that mountain, that mountain, the concept of the mountain is not the mountain itself, but it is a reflection of it. But in the end, or let's talk about something like more relatable, I don't know, like a food, a good food, okay? At the end of the day, or a sweet, no matter how much I describe it to you, your mouth is not going to get sweet, my mouth is not going to get sweet, correct? So it is something that is pushing me towards that real thing but it is not the real thing at the end of the day i have to actually get my hands on that food and eat it so that i get the taste of it in me so here also zuhd itself yes it is the means and so what ayatollah jawadi is saying that this means can sometimes if we bolden it too much sit in the place of the ends the destination itself just have to be careful about that he's saying now this is not a worry for a person like me yet but for some people that are have reaching that end of that journey, it does become a concern that this quality itself becomes the deal. No, no, no. The quality itself is just something that is going to get me to what I'm supposed to get to, which is Allah. So that's what it is meant by this is other than that. Zuhd is other than Allah. Okay? In the real world out there is only Allah. If I'm gonna put, if I'm gonna go anywhere else other than that, even if you call it zuhd, it's not Allah, so it's a problem. Although in my mind, in concept and in theory, this is supposed to get me to that, which is fine. So all I'm trying to say is that I'm trying to make a distinction between the outside real world, which Allah is in the real world. Allah is not in the concepts of our minds, right? Those are just reflections. Sometimes if I zoom in too much on the reflection. I won't see the real thing anymore. I'm just seeing the mirror itself. That's that's the problem. That's all he's saying. So in another in other words, I would say it's another example of a veil of light. That's what I'm going to say. Okay, so he moves on to another discussion now. And in that discussion, he wants to show how zuhd can get you so high up there where you will be 
at the level of the angels. Now, of course, you know, they, we're always talking about how we can go higher than angels and all of that even. But hey, I'll take this too, to be at the level of the angels as well. So he says, look, Zuhud, in reality what it is, it is the dusting of the heart. As if the this heart is a mirror that is supposed to reflect Allah in it. Or is a throne on which Allah is supposed to sit on and uh, uh, occupy. Like as the famous hadith says, that the, the heart of the mu'min is where Allah is supposed to be. So don't put in the heart anything other than Allah. So this, uh, who's going to sit on a dusty chair, let's say, so to speak, okay? Anyway, you have to dust it. You have to get it ready. Get rid of any rust and dust that's sitting on it. Zuhd is that, is, is that, is, it does that job because it gets rid of everything, all attachments, all attention, and takes every, all the attention towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the truth and haqq. In other words, anything other than Allah is represented by this dust that we're talking about here. Dust represents all of that. Filth, dust, whatever you want to call it. And as long as dust is there, he says, light will not reflect. And then he says that Allah has, he's just wording it in different ways. He says Allah has um, assigned a Kaaba for the heart. Okay, what do we do? Us as human beings, us as Muslims, the Kaaba is where we direct our bodies towards when we're praying. So he's just giving a metaphor here. He says the heart also has a Kaaba. What, is, what, is, what does that mean? That means that it has to give its attention to that thing because it's the Kaaba and that's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which Allah has, through the fitra, has already kind of turned the heart towards this Kaaba. It's just that, you know, once things get dusty, right? It's like if you have this navigation system on your on your car or on your phone or whatever, and like let's say a lot of dirt or dust or something that gets in the way of the signal sits on your car or phone. Slowly it will point you in another direction or like these uh <laughs> these qibla apps that never work, okay? <laughs> yeah, you're praying towards the uh synagogue instead of like the Kaaba, you know? <laughs> Sometimes it gives you the wrong direction. I don't know. Why? Because there might be some interference um, and you're just not in the right place, for example, or whatever the reason is. So once that happens, it'll show you, it'll give you, put you in the wrong direction. And so he says that the same thing we have here. Now, he moves, to, he starts talking about the angels. He says the reason why the angels are always in constant ibadah, constant dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's because they are always paying attention to that Kaaba of the heart, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the attention is always there, they are in constant worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? Now, I want to say this. We've been brought, it seems, based on what I've heard from and read from different greats, is that, look, the point of us coming into a material world was such that we make our way up all right, through all of this matter, all of these distractions, all of this materialism, to make it to where the angels are, where they're not, they're not uh, distracted. Yeah, the Quran says, "Rijalun la tulhihim tijaratun wala bayun an dhikrillah." That there are some people out there that no tijara, like they're here, they're living amongst us, but no business, no trade, none of that stuff is going to distract them from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So yeah. 
These people have reached the point, just like the angels. But the angels didn't have to go through the trouble we went through. And so this is my, maybe a pretext for why the human being can go higher and above the angels. And the angels respect the human being so much, those who have made it in Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Because they were designed like this. We weren't designed like that. We were put here. Allah gave, put a little candle in us, a little flame in us, the fitra. And He said, look, if you feed this flame, it will get you where you want to get to. Okay? But you got to do what you got to do. These are the things that we got to do <laughs> to try to get rid of this dust. Alright. So, going back to what we were talking about here. The angels, they don't have this problem because they're not even material beings. They don't have to worry about all of this that we have to worry about. They don't have need the way we do. They don't get hungry and thirsty. They don't have these needs. We have to worry every day about our meals. Right? In the past, it was even worse. The whole day they're spending to just make sure they have a meal at the end of the day. Right? In their crops, their fields, their cattle and livestock. Okay. So now, if this is the angels, and Imam Ali is talking about why these angels are such by saying in Nahjul Balagha, this is Sermon 91. He says, لَمْ تَطْمَعْ فِيهِمُ الْوَسَاوِسِ These angels, they don't have these whispers and these needs and waswasis. So that as a result, what happens? The rain. Rain means filth and dust. Of these whispers and needs, it doesn't cover their fikr. Because they, they're all fikr, they're all aql, they're all qalb, they're all heart, they're all whatever you want to call it. They, this dust doesn't settle on them because they're not material beings. There is no such thing as waswasa for them. This is beautiful. Lam tatma fihimul wasawis. The waswasas cannot draw them, pull them, affect them. So that as a result, the rain and filth covers them. So if that's the case, there's no rain. Okay, and I keep saying it with the ra, so you don't mistake it with rain, because rain is good, it washes the dust away. Right? We're not talking about that, we're talking about rain, meaning filth. So they're good to go, these angels. It's the human beings, and even jinn who have to worry about this. Okay, and that's why Allah wants from us ubudiyah. Alright, so he talks about that, the angels, but somewhere else, Imam Ali indirectly, of course, this is in a letter from, w between him and Muawiyah, which I really like. Um, and of course, it has nothing to do with uh, these akhlaqi things that we're talking about right now, but you can take something from it, okay? Where Imam Ali talks about how there are people also whose hearts will not be covered with filth, okay? So look, he says, وَقَدْ دَعَوْتَ إِلَى الْحَرْبِ Muawiyah, you're, you're inviting me and calling me to, to battle. Okay, no problem, you want to fight. Let's leave the people alone. Not, not get them involved, and we go and fight, me and you one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> Leave them to the side. And you come out to me yourself. Relieve these, the people of, of, of battle. So that you may know Marin comes from the same root. Rain. So that we can see, this is beautiful. He didn't say, so we can see who's stronger, who's weaker. He's kind of, it seems, hinting at the fact that if I can fight and defeat you, it's because I have stronger faith. 
and my heart isn't covered with the dust that your heart is covered with. Okay? He says, let's come out and fight one-on-one -on -one so that we see who's, who's, who is Al-Marin ala qalbihi, the one who is suffering from filth and dust on his heart and from his uh, eyes and, and vision being covered. Of course, not the, not the physical eye, of course, the basira he's talking about. The basira being uh, hindered here by that uh, covering. Okay, so you see the same root is, word here, is used here, marin. But for who? For people, not for the angels. If he's saying, let's see whose heart is covered, that means there's the other, the other party is not suffering from this. That means the other party it doesn't have a rain on their heart. Which is Imam Ali, of course, one of the awliyaullah. We're sure when he's speaking like this, Imam Ali, of course, he means Muawiyah, you're the one who has this problem, or else I wouldn't be saying this if I was the one with this problem. Right? You don't come out like to fight somebody, be like, hey, let's fight, I'm the weaker one. Yeah, let's see, I want to show you that I'm the weaker one. Like, what's wrong with you? If you're the weaker one, you don't come out and start fighting. Okay? No, Imam Ali knows what's going on here. He says, you're the one with this problem. So, oh, it's not just the angels who will not suffer from rain. There are some people who reach that point where they will also not suffer from rain. Why? Because of the actions that they've done. This famous verse in Surah Mutafifin, verse 14. The Quran says, hey, you know what's wrong? What's wrong is, That filth has overtaken the hearts of them. Why? Because of what they were earning for themselves. The actions that they were doing, which resulted in what? Their hearts being... So, it all has to do with our actions. It all has, it's not like we're born with this. Now with the ma'sumin, it might be a little different. We can talk about that. But all in all, if a person's heart is covered because of their actions, their heart can also be not covered because of their actions. All right. So Imam Ali here, he is attributing the same quality that the angels have to humans and the heart not being covered with this dust. I want to call this heart. Now, Ayatollah Jawadi doesn't say this, so if it's wrong, I take the blame for it. But I want to say that a heart that doesn't have any filth in it, a tooth that doesn't have a cavity, let's say, yeah, this heart is going to be a healthy heart, spiritually. A sound heart. It says on the Day of Judgment, everyone's in trouble, illa man atallaha biqalbin. Salim, the ones who come to Allah with a, with a sound heart. And there, others have explained that a sound heart is the heart that you open up and you find nothing other than Allah in it. Okay? Now, I don't want to scare us. Oh my God, I like my, I like my life. I like my wife. I like, what else rhymes with these two? Right? I, love, I, love, I like these things. I like the, you know, the car that I have, the house that I have, my children, all that stuff. No, no, that's fine. These are fine. Especially if they're in line with love of Allah because Allah has said to love these things. But all in all, Allah, and I said this I think last week or two weeks ago, Allah has given us this lifetime, Ayatollah Jawadi said. For what? The lifetime. For us to slowly chip away. Right? Chip away at this heart and get rid of anything that might be covering it. So when I'm leaving this dunya, when I'm leaving this dunya, okay, Allah is in there. Or at least I was headed in that direction. If I have a sudden death, 
right? Inshallah, Allah has an excuse to take me to the destination after my death. If I was on that path, okay? I'll give you an example. Ayatollah Mujtahidi Tehrani, he's famous. He had a hawza in Tehran. Uh, it's a very famous, he's a very famous, it's a very, very famous hawza. And he's a very famous uh, scholar who passed away maybe, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years ago. I don't remember exactly. And I still remember, and I can't find this clip anymore, but they showed it on TV back home. They showed it on TV. They said, because he was on his deathbed. Everyone knew he's, it's, it's time. And what was cool is they would interview him and he was cool with it. Okay, this Arif Billah. They, I think something along the lines of, like, when you leave this dunya, is there anything you think that you would miss? Family, relatives, this, that. He's straight up, you could tell from his eyes and from his face, you could tell he's not going to miss anybody. <laughs> he said, no, nothing. I'm ready to go. <laughs> wow, that, that, is, <laughs> that, that is the goal, brothers and sisters. This doesn't mean he doesn't love his grandchildren. He was, even on his deathbed, you can see he's like playing with his grandchildren, all of that. No, 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 it's different. Where's the heart located? What's in this heart? What's sitting in this heart? And this person just counting the days for him to be able to shed this material body so that he can reach that which is sitting in his heart which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is that is what we're after qalban salim is this okay and so al-farabi the famous philosopher um ayatollah jawadi quotes him here ayatollah jawadi quotes him and he says this is why ibrahim was given the title and medal of honor of Khalilullah because of four things. Now look at the order Al-Farabi um, has in his, uh, in his uh, the quote here that we have and then the order Ayatollah Jawadi gives to it, okay? So he, he lists four things. He says because of these four things he was called Khalil, the friend of Allah. Number one, he says, بِبَذْلِ نَفْسِهِ لِلنِّيرَانِ Because he gave himself and allowed his physical body to be made subject to niran, the fires, because they were gonna they were gonna throw him into the fire, right? And he got himself in trouble for Allah, and he was gonna be catapulted into the fire. Number one, number two, badle qalbihi rahman He gave his heart to the Rahman. Number three, wuldihi lil qurban, or waladihi lil qurban. His son, he made his son subject to qurban. Yesterday was Eid al-Adha, right? He made his son subject to sac sacrifice and being slaughtered. And finally, وَمَالَهُ لِلْإِخْوَانِ And his wealth for his brethren. And of course, this probably means brethren in the sense of brethren in faith, not necessarily biological. Alright, so four things are listed here. Ayatullah Jawadi, he comments on this. He says, look, let me fix the order for you here. <laughs> he says, all of these were possible because of one of the four. The other three were possible because of one of the four. He says, like Al-Farabi starts with making himself subject to the fire. He says, that, that wasn't the first one. What was the first one? The heart. First, he gave the heart to the Rahman, meaning there's nothing else in this heart, meaning other than Allah equals dust, right? Meaning there's no dust, it's healthy. And that's why we have a, a, a special verse for Prophet Ibrahim. 
that talks about qalbun salim. So we had that general one that I shared with you already. Illa man bi salim. Prophet Ibrahim has a specific verse for him. That he's so it's so it's such a blessing to have a verse for you particularly. It says you have a sound heart. salim. He he came to Allah with a sound heart. Not that he died with the sound heart. Atallah here doesn't mean that he left this dunya with the qalbun salim. He came and approached his Lord with a sound heart. A healthy heart has no filth on it. What represents what does filth represent? Anything other than Allah. And that is what Zuhd is for. To remove all of that. So Ayatollah Jawadi says, if you've given the heart, the rest is going to be easy. And that's why he takes the discussion. Ayatollah Jawadi takes the discussion from Prophet Ibrahim now to Prophet Musa just to prove a point and then to a Prophet Muhammad So he says, Prophet Musa, when Allah gave him that big task of going to Fir'aun. Prophet Musa said, Oh Allah, yassir li amri. Make my job easy. This is a hard job. Okay, so Allah apparently, He gave him that. Lakad utita su'laka ya Musa. Oh Musa, we've given you what you asked for. So, this hard job was made easy for Musa. Ayatollah Jawadi here, he says, look, sometimes Allah makes the job easy for you, the hard job easy for you. Sometimes Allah will make the job easy, but also makes you easy for the job. Alright? And he cites this verse, Also part of Surah, I think this Surah A'la, right? Yes, Surah A'la that we recite in Salatul Eid. Nuyasiruka lil yusra. We made, what's the, uh, they say in Arabic, what's the maf'ul here? What is the object in the sentence? Nuyasir. Nuyasir means we make easy. Okay? But what are we making easy? Your, your job, the work that you have to do, or making you easy? Nuyasiruka. We make you easy for the job. So it's kind of like, when you want to like squeeze something into something else, right? Like, uh, for example, this happens all the time. Like you have a ring and it gets stuck on your finger. Um, what do you do? You will lubricate the finger, the ring, everything to get it off, right? If there are two objects, right? That if there are two surfaces that you there's friction between, you know, or like, you know, when you want to grease something like a, some motor or something, like, what do you do? You grease everything in there, right? Now back home, I don't know what they do here. They probably, you know, they're probably cleaner here, but back home, like the guy would take a big slop of a, a thing, grease, and just grease everything up. And like, look at you, and like, you want to get grease too on your face? Like, come forward, you know? Like, that's how much extra he had on his hand. Like, greasing the whole thing. You're like, why? Well, it just makes sense because you want to make sure there's as least friction as possible. So sometimes you make the job easy. Sometimes, not only that you make the person easy for the job as well. How? That's the question. That's the question. Until the Jawadi, he says, the only way this is possible if the heart is where it's supposed to be. Okay? So he says that this is an exaggeration of, uh, this highlights an exaggeration of the Holy Prophet his heart being connected to Allah and having nothing on it at all. Does that mean Musa salam had anything less? No, it says like Prophet Musa is there too. But Prophet Muhammad is extra there. So this is not to discount uh, 
anything with Prophet Musa alayhi salam. But Prophet Muhammad is just some as a, is just at another level. Yeah. So let me read this last part. He says, because ease and hardship are things that the soul uh, understands and feels, not the body. Okay, not the body. We have this hadith that I, you know, I get scared to read it all the time and remind myself all the time because it just shows that I'm not, I'm a weak person, you know, um, in my resolve. Um, and that I have a long way to go in my journey to falling in love with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But this is a hadith that I want to share with you and it makes sense. It says, مَا ضَعُفَ بَدَنٌ عَمَّا Which is one of those golden hadiths I want to say. And I mean, even if it's not a hadith, uh, psychologists today and others today will tell you that this is true. That nobody, no body, not nobody, no physical body is weak when it comes to that which it has a very strong resolve in regards to. To the point that, I mean, you've heard stories like a mother will find, well, I don't know, like a, something heavy will fall on her child. She might not even be thinking in that moment, but she herself will be able to lift that heavy object off of her child. Later on, won't even be able to lift one-tenth of that weight. Why? Because in that moment, the resolve is so great that she's able to do that. You know, I've, I've heard stories personally. The body can do certain things when the resolve is there, when the need is there, when the love is there. So if I'm not able to wake up, although I want to, well, it's fine. It just shows that I'm still not there yet in the love of Allah. Or else, if I was really in love with Him, I would be able to eat, wake up easier. I still have to try harder. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. As I said, we have a lifetime to work in. Okay? Don't think you have to accomplish this overnight. So he says, he says, hardship and ease, don't attribute them to the physical body. Although we do live in a world of cause and effect, at the end of the day, no one's Superman, right? But within reasonable boundaries, yeah, the body can really accomplish a lot more than, it, than we think it can. All right. So he says, don't attribute hardship and ease to the body, attribute them to the soul. The soul is with that which understands these and comprehends these and feels these. And that's why if the soul is that needle, the compass needle of the soul, the heart is pointing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, everything will be easy for that body, for that person. So he's explaining why the Prophet, everything for him is going to be easy, no matter how hard it's going to be. If Prophet Musa said, Yasser li amri, um, here the Quran will say, "When you yusra to the Holy Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam." Yeah, and so I want to go back all the way to the beginning of today. If you remember, I said I'm going. We're going to get to this, the idea of the the idea of where we the first day we talked about zuhd, talked about how it doesn't mean not possessing, but rather it means the attachment and the attention. Okay, this is the active ingredient. This is what breaks or makes the deal, okay? The attachment part. It is where the heart is, okay? That is what matters. Or else you can be Prophet Sulaiman and, and possess everything, but you are a Zahid. 
And you can be a person that doesn't possess much at all, but is not a Zahid. Why? Because the heart is somewhere else. You might not even possess something. Your heart is still connected to that thing that you don't possess. Right? That, I don't know, that Ford Mustang. Right? That, I don't know, that house or whatever that you, you'll never have. But the heart is somewhere else, unfortunately. So th th that, that, that shows that we have to be beyond these things, understand what matters, so that we can focus our energy there. But yes, once again, as I've said again and again, Ayatollah Jawadi made it clear. This doesn't mean now I'm going to immerse myself in materialism and then think that I can also be detached. Don't fool yourself either. Yeah? You live a normal life, but you understand that this is what matters. This is not what matters too much. Get the priorities straight and then inshallah we can move in the right direction. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.